I'm going to give you some scripture and um, um, I am going to um, teach a little bit out of, the, out of the scripture, but you're going to want to go home and meditate on these things. I, I cannot emphasize the, uh, the need for meditation or pondering the things of God and, and allowing them to sink and, and to um, uh, come into our minds and literally change our thinking in Jesus' name. I believe it has that kind of power and authority. It says the scripture says that the word of God is quick and powerful. It's alive and, and, it's, and, and it's powerful. That's what we, we can understand. And so I'm going, to do, I'm going to depend on that tonight in Jesus' name. The subject I'm going to be talking about tonight, teaching a little bit about, is the rest or the Sabbath. And we're going to be talking about some things here and hopefully that um, God can give us some insights and some understanding to what he's trying to accomplish through, through this. And so we will begin uh, with scripture tonight in Mark chapter number 2. Mark chapter number 2 and I'm going to begin reading in verse number 23. You might want to write this down because this is an important part of this. The Bible says, And it came to pass that as he went through the cornfields on the Sabbath day. Everybody say the Sabbath day. Notice he was doing something on the Sabbath day, okay? The scripture says, And his disciples began, and as they went, to pluck the ears of corn. Praise God. Scripture says, The Pharisees said unto him, this is Jesus, a dialogue, Behold, why do they on the Sabbath day that which is not lawful? Everybody say lawful. Okay? And the Bible says Jesus' response to this was, and it's very important that we can consider this, it says, Have ye never read what David did when he had need and was in hungered, he and they that were with him? How that he went into the house of God in the days of Abiathar, the high priest, and did eat the showbread, which is not lawful to eat, but for the priest, and gave also to them which were with him. And then he says something, in my opinion, is very important and key to understanding a lot of things in the, in the, in the kingdom of God. And he said unto them, the Sabbath was made for man, everybody say amen, and not man for the Sabbath. And then it says, therefore the Son of Man is Lord. Everybody say amen. Also of the Sabbath. So key, key things to consider and to ponder about the Sabbath because when you talk about the Sabbath, there's, there's many, many things and many views out there and that type of thing that you can um, consider. Let me give you three of them, you know. Um, three views, popular views about the Sabbath. And we're talking about the Old Testament Sabbath that you can find um, in the Ten Commandments. And we'll talk about that here in just a few minutes. But one of the um, reactions or one of the common reactions to the Sabbath question, people will say, well, does your church observe the, the Sabbath? You know, Well, one of the um, common reactions is that the commandments are no longer required. We've got to be careful with that one. That one you want to be very careful. Others say that, um, um, that um, they don't understand it. So I'm just not even going to deal with it. Amen. And I think we all kind of run on, under, uh, you know, up on that shore once in a while, don't we? Certain things that we find in Scripture that we don't clearly understand. And so maybe we just put it on the back burner. And I got a feeling the Sabbath question is one of them. A lot of us, we just don't understand it. We're not quite sure how that transition from the Old Testament to the New Testament comes. And so here, I'm not here tonight to bring um, um, guilt or anything like that. I'm just saying if we don't understand some things, we need to seek the Lord. We need to ask Him. 
And I believe that God can give us some better understanding. Praise God. And then the third, usually the third reaction is, yes, we've got to have the letter of the law. And of course, there are groups out there. I'm not trying to find any fault, but there are some groups that establish Saturday as the Sabbath. You know, I could name them, and some of you know who I'm talking about. And they say, okay, if you're going to do it, this is how you've got to do it. And so I'm not here to, to bring issue to that. I'm just saying, if you really understand that from a cultural standpoint, you see some of the difficulties that lie. And again, I'm not trying to make up things, and I'm not trying to give you my rendition of it. I would just want to go into the Scriptures, and I want to get a plain understanding of what, what God was talking about. Amen. In fact, I'm going to sow a giant seed right now. I believe that the Sabbath was a provision more than a law. Look at somebody and say, you need rest. Now come on, I don't think anybody, anybody's going to deny that one. And if you study the word Sabbath, that's actually what it means. It means a rest. And the first time we encounter this, you know, of course, is, is in, um, um, in, in the Old Testament, of course. And we, and we understand that the, that the analogy that's given, first of all, you've got to understand the commandments of God. The Ten Commandments. Everybody familiar with the Ten Commandments? Well, what we're talking about here literally is the Sixth Commandment. That's what you're going to find. You're going to find the, the Sixth Commandment. But it's interesting, and if I don't get to it tonight, you want to read this. Two places in Scripture that the, the commandments are given, okay? The first place is in the 15th chapter. I believe it's the 15th chapter of the book of... Um, uh, no, not the 15th chapter, but the 20th chapter of the book of Exodus... That's where you'll find the commandments listed out there. I think uh, verses approximately 1 through 17. And then the second place that you will find uh, um, the, the commandments is found in Deuteronomy. And Deuteronomy is kind of Moses' farewell speech. He repeats a lot of things. You know, he's not going into the promised land with them, so he sets it kind of in, in order. And he begins, and in the fifth chapter of the book of Deuteronomy, that's where he, again, begins to stipulate the Ten Commandments. And so tonight, I don't want you to get the idea that I'm taking away from the commandments. But a lot of what you and I are doing in the New Testament, in my opinion, is we are fulfilling those commandments the way God wants us to fulfill them in a spiritual dimension. Praise God. Now that doesn't mean that physically some things don't take place. It's just that sometimes we have to be careful with the transition between the physical and the, um, and the spiritual. Praise God. And so I believe when we, when we talk about these kind of things, you know, I believe we have to consider these things. Now there's no question about it in the Old Testament. God gave tests. How many like tests? Yeah. Can somebody very quickly, what's the hardest test you ever took? What's the hardest one? Yeah. How about over here? Hard test. Boy, we just got all kinds of very smart people in here, don't we? You just ace them, don't you? Anybody ever choked on a test? Man, you read the manual about 55 times. You had everything memorized. Then when you got into the room and you started writing the stuff down, your brain just went dead. Has anybody besides me ever done that? I did it from grades 1 through 12. That was what I was all the time. But nevertheless, testing is a good thing. And sometimes we don't like it because it puts us on front street, doesn't it? 
And you must understand that, that God, you, I mean, He tested the children of Israel. I'm going to give you two of those tests here tonight and see if we can get some understanding from it, okay? Let me show you one of the first tests that happened to the children of Israel, and it was found in, in Exodus chapter 15. Let me show you this. Exodus chapter 15. This is after, of course, um, uh, God delivered them from the greatest army that was on the earth at that time, which was the Egyptian army. And you remember the story how they went through the Red Sea and how God whipped that army just in, uh, I don't know how long it took, but it didn't take very long at all. Well, the 15th chapter of the book is of Exodus were after that now, okay? And you must understand, you've got uh, close estimates are between 2 and 4 million people going into the wilderness. And I don't care how big of a lunch bag you got, it's going to run out. Yeah, I don't, carry how I don't care how much water you carried with you. And there probably were people that did that. I'm just assuming that, okay? People that said, man, we better take an extra gallon of water with us, okay? But boy, by the time they got three days into that wilderness, guess what? Test time. And I'm trying to make a big point here. You've got to understand, God provides for us. Come on, can I get a big Amen. He does. But how many besides me struggle with that sometimes? Now it's easy to say that, isn't it? But when it comes right down to depending on God for things and doing what He tells us what we should do, oh, I'm, I'm coming back around to the Sabbath now. God's the one that told us we needed rest. Come on, maybe your wife or your husband's telling you that now, but you've got to understand that came from God. God knows the human nature. He understands you and I. And He understands that if we could burn ourselves to a crisp if we don't rest. So you must understand, sometimes there has to be a law. Amen. But you've got to understand, that's not the principle of the thing, or that's not the, the attitude of the thing. The attitude of the Sabbath, in my opinion, is God is providing for us. Now let me give you an example of this. Look at um, Exodus chapter number 15, and I'm going to start reading in verse 22. The Bible says, so Moses, now again, this is after the Red Sea, and they're coming into the wilderness. So Moses brought Israel from the Red Sea, and they went out into the wilderness of Shur. And they went three days in the wilderness and found no water. In my opinion, I am in Exodus chapter number 15, verse 22. Okay, and so you must understand, uh, it, it could have been that God just wanted to wait until they all ran out. I don't know. I'm just saying, sometimes that does happen though. Sometimes with us, we can keep on doing the things that God wants, to do, wants us to do with our abilities, but sometimes we come short after a while, don't we? Well, then we have to begin to depend on God's provision. And you want to know something? A lot of times that's a test from God. A lot of times God's going to test us with that. He's going to say, do you really believe what I say? Do you really believe I will do that? You know, just a little while ago we prayed, you know, a prayer that God is able to do exceeding abundant and above all that we ask or think. You know, well, do we really believe that? Now, come on, I'm not here to, to critique anybody. I'm just saying sometimes God is going to test us on that. And this is what happened with the nation of Israel. The Bible says in verse 23, And when they came to Marah, they could not drink the waters of Meribah, or Marah. It says, For they were bitter. Therefore, the name of it was called Marah. That's what it means, bitter. And the people murmured against Moses, saying, What shall we drink? How would you like to have been the leader of the church then? 
Yeah, that would have been a rock and a hard place, wouldn't it? Well, you've got to understand, God was already grooming Moses to depend on him and to understand that God was going to provide. And so the Bible says, he cried unto the Lord. Who's that? Moses. He didn't complain to the people. Listen to me, I'm going to make a very strong point right now. Instead of yelling at each other, instead of getting mad at each other, why don't we take our stuff to the Lord? I think we could learn a lot from that. I really do. I believe that God could help us in these times when we're doubting and maybe we're just not sure. I'm, I'm just saying in Jesus' name. And so the Bible says um, that he cried to the Lord and the Lord showed him a tree. What a funny way to get bitter water to taste sweet. You know, but when he had cast into the waters, the waters were made sweet and there he made for them a stature and an ordinance and there he proved them. What was God doing? What was God showing them? Come on, folks, let me make it simple. You don't think I know you need water? You don't think I know where you're going, that there isn't a whole lot of water available out there? Now, come on, folks, this is what I'm talking about. And, I, and, and you're saying, well, you're, you're supposed to be talking about the Sabbath. I am. I'm trying to help us to understand that the right attitude towards the Sabbath might help us to receive it a whole lot better than the letter of the law. Amen. And so you must understand, if we can start looking at the Sabbath as a provision, as a way for us to, that sometimes get weary, that we can get rest... I'm going to tell you something, it can make all the difference in the world. Why don't you just close your eyes for about 10 seconds and just lift up both of those hands right now and ask the Lord to give you some understanding. Mm. Mm. I believe He will. In fact, I'm going to be very bold to say that He is. That there is spiritual understanding, a special anointing of spiritual understanding in this place tonight. Aren't you glad you came to church tonight? Yeah, it's here. There's a special anointing for understanding. Praise God, God, in Jesus' name. And so, again, just to recap where I'm at right now, test. God has a way of testing us. And He tested the nation of Israel with water. And God knows how to do that. He knew how to take them bitter waters and make them sweet. And man, you can, you can read a whole lot of that into your personal life. There's times when you're going to be tasting some pretty bitter stuff. And God is able to come in with His provision and to make that into a sweetness in Jesus' name. How many have already experienced that? Come on, I have in many ways in my life where I saw some things that were tough at the beginning and all that type of business, but as it began to be completed, God helped me to show that there was a sweetness that came from that. Isn't that incredible? Well, why don't we try that with the Sabbath? Yeah. Why don't we try that with God's rest? Why don't we try it with that attitude, you know, towards what God wants to provide for us as a rest. Now, I'm talking to myself here, folks. And so we must understand. Okay, let me give you another, another test. I think two examples are better than one, okay? Let's turn just another chapter. And this, again, is the journey of Israel out of, Israel, out of, out of, out of the bondage of Egypt. And here they are. They got water. And, of course, that rock that followed them gave them plenty of water. And so now they're starting to feel, hey, we can, we'll, we'll be okay. But a few days later, what happens? 
They get hungry. Yeah. And so this is where we find them in Jesus' name. Watch this. 16, chapter of Exodus and verse number 1. And the Bible says, And they took their journey from Elam, and all the congregation of the children of Israel came unto the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the fifteenth day of the second month, after their departing out of the land of Egypt, now they haven't been gone that long, but they've been gone for a while, the scripture says, The whole congregation of the children of Israel began to murmur. Again, complain city. Yeah. And who are they going to murmur against? Moses, yeah. yeah. And the next time you, you'd like to be Moses, you think about times like this because he was on the hot seat a lot. Amen. He was pastoring people, folks. He was pastoring people. Well, the Bible says the, the, uh, the children of Israel in verse number 3 said unto them, Would to God we had died in the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt. Isn't that amazing? How that just a few down days can get you to a place where you think, man alive, we would have been better off back then. And boy, that's pathetic. But sometimes we can get feeling like that, can't we? We can. And we need to shake ourselves when that comes in Jesus' name. And so the Bible says, it says, um, when we sat by the flesh pots and when we did eat bread to the full, for, uh, for ye have brought us forth unto this wilderness to kill this whole assembly with hunger. Come on. But... You'd be surprised where people can go with negativity. Now can you understand why it's important for you to recognize negativity in your life and don't let it sleep in your house? I'm not reprimanding you for having negative thoughts. That's not what I'm going to do here tonight. I'm just here to say, listen, you've got to be in charge of this kind of thing. You're the one that's got to say, in Jesus' name, this stuff is not going to stay. And you need to start replacing those thoughts with the thoughts of God. Now I know that is not easy. I have been there many times. But I'm telling you, it's a have to. It's a get to. It's a provision that God gives us. It's a way out of that negative journey that we go. And so here they are. They're in the land. They don't have anything to eat. And then the Bible says, said the Lord unto Moses. Now, God didn't even wait for Moses to talk to him. God said something to Moses now. And he said, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them. Now there's one, one way of God saying, Listen, I don't want you storing stuff up. I just want you to get enough food for one day. And then I want you to eat it. Now is that pretty simple instructions? But what do we do? Come on, you know what we do. Man, we get, we get a, a job where, where we can start making a little more money and we just want to jump into it with both feet and we just want to start getting and getting and getting. And I'm talking to myself too, folks. That's the culture you and I live in, whether we like it or not. Now, come on, I'm not, I'm not here to find fault. I'm here to say that God has provided for us. And when it comes to the Sabbath, He has provided a way for us to rest. But God isn't going to come down here and grab you by the nap of the neck and throw you in bed and said, I don't want to see you getting up for eight hours. He isn't going to do that. You have to choose the provisions of God. That's what you and I have to do. And first of all, we've got to recognize them. And so here's, the, here's another test that God gives to the nation of Israel. He says, listen, you know, you think I brought you out here so you could starve to death? 
Somebody hollered, duh. No, he doesn't do that. God isn't into killing people. God brought them out there because he wanted to take them out of bondage. Amen. And he's going to provide for them in the wilderness. Can you say amen? Now come on. We can believe God for his provisions. That's what you and I got to get back to the simplicity of life. That God supplies all of our needs according to his riches and glory. Now come on, I believe this is, this is an attitude that we can get a hold of, that we can begin to see what God has provided for us, and we can begin to take advantage of it in Jesus' name. And so this is what, 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 what God told Moses. He said, I'm going to take care of this. I'm going to literally rain this stuff from heaven. And when they get up in the morning, it's just going to be there. How much simpler can you get than that? But here's what I want you to see. Watch this. The Bible says in verse number 4, Then said the Lord unto Moses, Behold, I will rain bread from heaven for you, and the people shall go out and gather a certain rate every day, that I may prove them whether they will walk in my law or no. And the Bible says in verse number 5, And it shall come to pass that on the sixth day they shall prepare that which they bring in, and it shall be twice as much as they gather daily. So what's God doing here? He's preparing for them for the Sabbath. And right now, that's what he's, He does for us, in my opinion. He prepares for us a place where we can rest. He prepares for us a time when we can sit back and we can say, listen, I'm going to get refreshed in the presence of the Lord in Jesus' name. Once again, this is how I like to minister, okay? When I'm teaching, I like God to just saturate us. So close your eyes again. Lift up both of those hands. Come on, lift them up. Lift them up and lift those palms out. That God, I'm submitted to you. I want to get this in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. I want to get this. Oh, hallelujah. And I believe, Lord God, we can do this. I believe in your word, by your word and by your spirit, Lord God, we can get this in Jesus' name. And God, I am absolutely going to just believe that tonight we're going to go home and something is going to begin to germinate in our minds that's going to begin to make sense for this thing called the Sabbath. And Lord God, I give you the credit and I give you the praise and the glory in the name of Jesus. Everybody say amen. 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 God bless you. Praise God. So we see that that God has a pattern and his pattern is testing us. There's no doubt in my mind that there's there's tests going on right now with us. That right now we're being tested. Praise God. And some of them we we pass. Some of them we just, you know, we can ace. And then there's others that we got to retake, don't we? Has anybody besides me had to retake a test from the Lord? Sure. I'm not ashamed of that, folks. I just want to get more efficient with it, okay? I want God to be able to teach me in the name of Jesus. And I believe He can. I really do. I believe that God can teach us. Praise God. Let me bring something else to your attention before we turn to, the, to something else. But look at uh, uh, Exodus chapter 16. And look at verse 29. I just read the first five verses, but I just want to make, I want, I want you to see this, and you might want to write this down. Praise God. The Bible says in Exodus 16 and, and 29, it says, See, for that the Lord hath given you the Sabbath. Do you see that? God has given us that. And it says, Therefore he giveth you on the sixth day the bread 
of two days. Abide ye every man in his place. Let no man go out of his place on the seventh day. So why could they take advantage of that provision? Come on, it's very simple. Because God provided for them on the sixth day. Now maybe you've seen this before, but I want you to start looking at your own life. I want to start looking at mine. And I'm going to start seeing the provisions that God has given to me, praise God. This idea that I can't, that's, that one we've got to remove from our spirits. And we've got to understand that God isn't leading us out into a wilderness to kill us. God isn't leading us into the desert with no provision of water. Come on, God has got a provision for us. He's got a table that He's setting for us. And I'm believing that eyes are going to begin to get open, praise God, that we're going to begin to see those provisions, praise God. And, and with the help of the Lord, we're going to take advantage of them in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? amen. I believe this goes a long way. <clears throat> I believe this goes a long way in helping us to understand what God is trying to do. You see, God gave tests to teach His people to be dependent on His provision. That's really one of the reasons He did that. He gave those tests so that they would start depending on Him. Praise God. And I know we live in a culture, you know, that sometimes we don't want to do that. You know, we'll let God do so much, but man, we want to be, and I'm going to use a word now that's going to really, really going to jog some of your memory. We want to be in control. That's what the deal is. And that's one of the reasons, in my opinion, why we struggle so much with God's provision. It's because we want to be in control. And we have to be careful with that one. We have to learn to follow the following of the Lord. Can you say amen? Praise God. Amen. Now, let me just ask a question and get some dialogue from you. Why do you, th why do you think God tests us? Why do you think, in your, in your way of looking at things... Why do you think that God is testing us? It's part of the journey. It's part of the journey. Yeah, I, I think it is. I think that's, that's a, a very good, good point. Praise God. It's part of what God wants us to do. But maybe some more specifics. Why? Why do you think, why do you think He's testing us? How about over here in the middle? What's that? For testimony? Yeah, we overcome. That's good. I like that. I wasn't even thinking of that one. Why do you think he's testing us? Yes. Go ahead. I think a lot of it might be because it helps us to see where we are falling short. And I didn't tell her. <laughs> I did not tell her. But that's exactly what I was thinking. That a lot of times tests come not to see how bad we are, but tests will come to see what we don't know. Yeah, and in our academic world, and I'm not trying to fall, find fault, but it's out there, but we got people who are cheating. We got people who are fudging on their tests. We got people who are going into the workforce that have been doing that with their college records and they don't know what to do. Now, can you understand how important it is? You know, I can remember a science teacher that I had. I can't remember what grade it was. Mrs. Quint was her name. And I'll never forget, she did something at the beginning of the year. And, and, and I, I, I never had a, I, don't, I can't remember another teacher that did that. But at the first day of school, she gave us a test. 
And I'll never forget that. I thought that was strange. What are you going to test us on? Well, she was testing on, on some of the stuff that she was going to be teaching us that next quarter. And man, do you know that hardly any of us knew any of it? And you know something? You know, that made a tremendous impression on me. That made an impression on me. I don't know if it helped me to learn it better or whatever the case was, but it certainly helped me to understand that, hey, I didn't know what she was trying to teach us. And I believe sometimes that's what God will do. He will bring some things into our life so that He can help us to understand you really don't know how this works yet, do you? You really don't know what I'm trying to do in your life yet, do you? And it's not like God's mad at us. It's not like He's trying to make, you, make this your worst day. He's really trying to get you to understand, praise God, that if you'll follow me, if you'll love me, if you'll begin to practice depending on me, your life is going to take on a whole lot better order and you're going to have a whole lot more joy in your life. Those fretting things that you have in your life are going to begin to go away and I, you're going to begin to find peace and joy and things in your life about me that you never have before in the name of Jesus. Is there anybody here besides me can feel the Holy Ghost right now? Come on, I, can, I sense that the Holy Ghost is really trying to make an impression impression here come on come on God isn't trying to make you look bad he's trying to help you to get everything he has in Jesus name praise God and so I'm telling you right now you know his Sabbath praise God is one of those provisions that sometimes we have failed the test have you ever found yourself saying I can't take any time off I'm too busy come on anybody besides me like that Oh, I'm telling you folks, this is where we go with it sometimes. God doesn't understand. I've got to get all of this done. He doesn't, you know, He brought us into this wilderness so we could die. Come on folks, same thing. Do you think he's, he's, he's got, he said, boy, I can't wait until Carnahan burns out, you know. I can't wait, man, I'm just going to keep stacking it on him, you know. That isn't God, that's me. Come on, and I got a feeling I'm talking to somebody right now that God wants to get to. He wants to help you to understand He's got a rest whereby the weary can find rest in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Let me show you something here. I mentioned it before. But the Ten Commandments, the Ten Commandments, you know, of course, we're very familiar with that. I believe in them. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not trying to get out of them, find loopholes, or whatever the case is. But I want to show you something here. I mentioned this before. The Ten Commandments are mentioned in two different places, two different places. One is found in Exodus chapter 20. Let me show you that. Exodus chapter 20. And specifically, I'm going to go right to the Sixth Commandment. You can read the rest of this for yourself. They're right there. God lines it out. You know, thou shalt have no other gods before me. You know, thou shalt make no graven images. I mean, my goodness, folks, we understand that. I hope we understand that. Praise God. There's only one God. Can somebody say amen? amen. Praise God. But let me show you this. The Bible says in, in, um, in uh, Exodus chapter number 20, and um, I want to go um, to verse number 8. The scripture says there, now this is in Exodus, it says, remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Sounds kind of important, doesn't it? The scripture says, six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. So get organized. Get it done in six days. That's what I see in it anyway. Sometimes that's, that's my problem. I'm just not organized enough. And God can help us to do that. God can help us to do that. But then in verse number 10, it says, But the seventh day 
is the Sabbath of the Lord. And now he does something here that he doesn't do in Deuteronomy. You'll see this in just a second. The Bible says, But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work, thou nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. He's covering every base here, by the way. Scripture says, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth. What's he doing here? He's giving us an example of what? Come on, holler at me. Creation. He's saying, if I can get it done in six days, you're created in my image, so can you. Now think about that. Oh, but Brother Carnahan, in our culture, we live in a seven day 24-7. I'm aware of that. That's why I'm saying if you're not going to take the provision that God wants to give you, that's up to you. If you're going to let the culture trump out God, you can go ahead and do that. But the bottom line, it's there. God says, listen, if I can make the heavens and the earth and everything that's on it in six days, I think you can get things that you want in your life accomplished too. So think about that one, okay? Think about that. In the book of Exodus, he makes an emphasis of creation. And the Bible says, Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he hallowed it. You know what the word hallowed means? It means he made it holy. He said, I want to emphasize this. Just like the, the children of Israel needed water and they needed food in the wilderness, I'm going to tell you something, folks. Some of us, and myself included, are losing track of the fact that we also need rest. That one of the reasons we get depressed, one of the reasons we get, you know, we get frustrated and all of the things that go with it is because we're just trying to do too many things that God has not designed for us to do. Now listen, I'm not trying to bring on a guilt complex here. I'm just asking you to go home, read these scriptures, and ask God to give you some kind of insight to your life. And I believe He will. I believe that God will give you a very plain direction. Just like he, he showed the children of Israel, you don't think I can't make that water that's bitter into sweet? And just like you don't think that I can't provide a table for you in the wilderness? Come on folks, I'm here to tell you, God can do that. And I'm, I'm, I'm sensing tonight, I, I'm, I'm sensing it more as this Bible study is wandering on, that there are some tired people here. And God wants to take care of that. God wants to give you some help. And I believe He's going to do that in Jesus' name. Now lift your hands right now and ask the Lord to help you with this in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I believe you are. I believe you are in Jesus' name. Now let me show you something in Deuteronomy here. I mentioned it before and it's pretty plain, but um, I just want you to see, I want you to see this. Look at Deuteronomy chapter number 5. And again, I'm not going to read all of this for you. You can go ahead and read this for yourself. But verses number 6, starting in verse number 6, what he does is he begins to go through the Ten Commandments. That's what he's doing here in Deuteronomy. And he's, he's showing these people, praise God, that, um, 
you know, that the Ten Commandments are still in hand. If you guys want to really accomplish things in that, in, 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 uh, in the promised land, you're going to have to have some laws and that type of thing. And so I want you to see something here, though, that he does with the, um, with the commandments that he does not do, that, that he did, or I shouldn't say that he was not mentioned in, in Exodus chapter number 20. The Bible says in verse number 12, look at verse number 12, uh, Deuteronomy 5 and 12. It says, keep the Sabbath day to sanctify it, as the Lord thy God hath commanded thee. Six days thou shalt labor and do all of thy work, but the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In, uh, uh, I'm sorry, in it thou shalt not do any work, thou Thou nor thy son nor thy daughters, and he goes on and he, he reiterates exactly what he did in, in, um, in Exodus. But look at verse number 15. Here's what I want you to see. He mentions something here that he does not mention in the other version. And he says, And remember that thou wast a servant in the land of Egypt, and that the Lord thy God brought thee out of, th- out of thence through a, through a mighty hand and by a stretched out arm. Therefore, the Lord thy God commanded thee to keep the Sabbath day. See, what he's mentioning to them here is that they went from being slaves to being servants. And I'm going to tell you something. What a powerful transition. What a powerful transition. They were slaves in Egypt, praise God. But now they're going to become servants of the Most High God. And you and I, we know there's a huge difference between a slave and a servant. Come on, this is something you and I need to to consider, praise God. You know, can God tell us to do things? Can God lead us in certain directions? Can God bring certain things into our life that will begin to make more and more sense? Praise God. I'm going to tell you something, folks. One of the problems with the Sabbath day is that people, in my opinion, are worshiping that instead of worshiping the Almighty God. Now, come on. We know that that's happening all around us. Some of the provisions and some of the things that God do for us or has done for us, sometimes we get to a place where we begin to worship that. Amen. And we've got to be careful with that. Now, the point I want to make here is that when they came out of Egypt, you must understand the Egyptians had their own Bible. The Egyptians had their own way of creation. You know, that's what was kind of unique with Moses. You know, you've got to understand, Moses spent the first 40 years of his life in the courts of Pharaoh. And he learned the, the, the Egyptian way. But there was something in him that said, this is not the way it's supposed to be. And I'm going to make a very strong point here in a few minutes, and that's why I'm, I'm preparing you, praise God. We have to be careful, praise God, that we don't start worshiping the things that God gives us instead of keeping on worshiping Him. This is what you and I have to keep in mind when it comes to the Sabbath day. God doesn't want us to worship the Sabbath. He wants us to worship Him. And I'm telling you, a lot of what God gives us for a rest in the New Testament is in the spiritual realm. 
And that's why when you and I, we take, you know, uh, our jobs or we take whatever we're doing, you know, we take it very seriously, but we say, wait a minute, this is not going to get in the way of my coming to church, or this is not going to get in the way of me going to Bible study, or this isn't going to get in the way of me coming and learning the things of God. I'm going to tell you something, you do yourself a tremendous favor, because a lot of the rest that you and I get from the Lord is in the spiritual realm. And that's why when we come to church and we worship God in spirit and in truth, I'm going to tell you something. There is a refreshing that can get a hold of us like never before. How many have experienced that? Come on, you came to church or you came to the house of God and you were feeling the weight of the world on you or you were feeling the pressure of the world. But all of a sudden you begin to worship God. You begin to praise Him. You begin to lift up those hands, praise God. And all of a sudden you felt the refreshing of the Lord in the name of Jesus. I'm here to tell you folks, that's what you and I must recognize as the provision for the Lord. That's what God provides for us. This is the rest whereby the weary shall find rest. Now again, I'm not asking, I'm not saying that you shouldn't take a day off a week. That's not what I'm talking about here. I'm not competing, okay? But what I'm telling you is recognize what God has given to you. Recognize the things that God has brought into your life so that you can get renewed, you can get refreshed, and you can fight the battle that God wants you to fight any day of the week in Jesus' name. Come on, let's try it. Just lift up those hands right now and thank the Lord for it in the name of Jesus. Come on, He's here right now. He's here to, to confirm this word with signs following. Oh my goodness. Lord, in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, in the name of Jesus. Oh, God, I'm, I, I trust you, God. I trust in your plan. I trust in what you're trying to do in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. My goodness. Come on, let's just clap our hands and let's give God some praise in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God, praise God. Let me demonstrate this, okay? Let me demonstrate this. Now, the Egyptian creation narrative describes a void. Now, this is actually, you can find this in their, in their writings. And what their, their narrative describes is a void that turns into waters. And out of these waters, a light creates the Egyptian God of light. Literally, that's what they believe, okay? And however, in Genesis 1, 1 through 3, God is present already. Come on, we know God as the Creator. That's why you've got to understand in the book of Exodus, that's why God went into the commandment as, hey, listen, do you remember what I did? I created the heavens and the earth, praise God. I am the Creator. And when you begin to see God as the Creator, praise God, nothing is impossible. Come on, I'm telling you, nothing is impossible. God who can create worlds out of nothing, praise God. He can take a tree and put it in waters that are bitter and make them sweet. God can rain manna from heaven, praise God, every morning and have provision for His people. I'm telling you something, when we begin to believe in God as the Creator, I'm telling you something, that makes all the difference in the world, praise God. Because He is the Creator. Now the Egyptians didn't believe it that way. But that's why the scripture, I want to show you something here. Look at Romans chapter number 1. Romans chapter number 1. And let me show you something here. Romans chapter number 1. 
The scripture tells us there that Paul goes through a narrative here about the downfall of human beings. And again, he's not, he's not here to be the judge. He's just saying that because we did not accept certain things from God, that's just going to lead us into deeper and darker things. That's just the way it is. That's the pathway that mankind unfortunately chooses to take too many times. But I'm talking to people right now that that's not the pathway that you've chosen. You've chosen to give God the glory. You've chosen to put God where He needs to be. And I'm here to tell you folks, whether it be the Sabbath or whether it be provisions, it's going it's to pay great dividends. Let me show you what I'm talking about here. Look at Romans chapter number 1 and look at verse number 20. Follow along with me. And again, you might want to write this scripture down and when you get home sometime this week, you might want to read it again and meditate upon it and say, God, give me some, give me some deeper understanding to this. Now the Bible says there, for the invisible things of Him from the creation of the world are clearly seen. That's where it starts, folks. That's why I believe in Bible studies that begin with creation. Okay? And then it says, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power and Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Do you see that? Okay, then it goes on to say, because that when, not if, when they knew God, they glorified Him not. Not as God, it says, neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. And in verse 22, what, that was a, what a byproduct of that is, is they begin to profess themselves to be wise. They became fools. Now I know more than God do, does. And then it goes on to say in verse number 23, then what happens is a byproduct of that, professing themselves to be wise, the Bible says they change the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image. Everybody say image. Amen. And believe me, folks, the Sabbath day can become an image. And in my opinion, in Jesus' day, that's exactly what was happening. They were worshiping the Sabbath. They didn't have any wiggle room for people who needed help on the Sabbath because they had made the Sabbath day a form of their worship. Now listen to me, folks. I'm not saying any of you are doing that, but that's a danger of one of the ways that we respond to that sixth commandment is that we begin to make it something. And man, it can't, it can't move or nothing like that. And if you go back to the second chapter of the book of Mark that we read for the very first scripture, you're going to find that Jesus was doing things on the Sabbath day to help people. His mercy was there. Come on, He was helping people on the Sabbath and He was getting greatly criticized about it. Why? Because they were making the Sabbath into an image. Now watch this. The Bible says, And changed the glory of the uncorruptible God into an image made like unto corruptible man and to birds and to four-footed beasts and creeping things. Wherefore God also, in verse 24, gave them up to uncleanness through the lusts of their own hearts to dishonor their own bodies between themselves who changed the truth of God into a lie. And here's the kicker. They began to worship and serve the creature more than the Creator, who is blessed forever and ever. And folks, this is something that we have to be extremely careful about. Listen, we don't worship the things that God gives to us for provisions. We receive them. 
but we don't worship them. We worship Him, praise God. This is what makes the huge difference. This is why even in the plagues, I don't know if you're aware of this, but when, 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 when the plagues came to the children of Israel, of course they were exempt from some of that, but this wasn't just some hit and miss thing. God was tearing down every one of their images. You see, the, 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 the Egyptians were good at making gods out of everything. And our world is, is, is not any different, folks. Our world is not any different. And that's why you and I must keep and maintain our worship strong towards God. This is what He wants us to do. And listen, my friends, if God says you need water, can you say amen? If God says you need food, can you say amen? What's wrong with God saying you need some rest? You need my provision of rest. And folks, I am believing God because of the introduction of this subject here tonight that God's going to open up some eyes here in the next week. That God's going to help you. God's going to show you. He's going to maybe even test you. Yeah, and I don't want you to be afraid of it because God's going to help you to understand just like He helps me understand what I really don't know, what I really don't have quite in here yet. And God has a way of bringing those things about in the name of Jesus. You know, i got lots of other things I could talk about tonight, but I think this is a good place just to stop right now. Let's stand tonight. Praise God. Praise God. Let me ask a question here. Praise God. And you can answer it if you want or you, you don't have to if you don't want to. But how many here are really feeling tired? I mean, you are exhausted. Well, come on. I, I've got an altar for you right down here. I picked, hand-picked it. I hand-picked it. It's right here. Yeah. It's a good altar. Oh, this is great. This is fantastic. God's going to do something here in the next few minutes that's going to help us all in Jesus' name. Praise God. I can tell how tired you are by how slow you are to get here. That's all right. That's all right. This is for you, by the way. This is for you. Ah, thanks for coming. It's good to see you. I'm glad that you're here. You picked a good night to come. God's handing out lots of good things here in Jesus' name. Now, come on. Come on a little closer. Some of you in the back. Come on. Come on around in Jesus' name. Come on. God's going to do something for you in Jesus' name. Praise God. And I don't know if it's in, in the form of a check in the mail or whatever the case is, but I believe in God's provisions. I really do. And I believe in God to help each and every one of you in the name of Jesus. Now, we come to the Lord weary, worn, and tired. We come to Him, and that's okay. But God isn't going to have you leave that way in, in Jesus' name. Let's close our eyes again and lift up our hands. Come on. Let's let God minister to us for a few minutes in the name of Jesus. Amen. And as you feel, you go ahead. Just begin to dialogue with God. Begin to pray to Him. That's good. Many of you just got right with it in Jesus' name. And that's so important in Jesus' name. Father, in the name of Jesus, touch these tired people.
tonight. Oh, these weary travelers, Lord God. Oh, hallelujah. Some of us have even been murmuring, God. We've been getting involved in some negative talk. And God, we confess that to you. You already knew that, but we confess that to you. But Lord, I want you to touch our minds here tonight. I want you to help a lesson like this, Lord God. Not just be words that we say and things that are opinions and stuff like that. I want, Lord God, I want you to touch each and every one of us in a special way here. Let understanding come into every mind here in Jesus' name. It might be as simple as shifting a priority that's going to cause this to happen in Jesus' name. And Lord God, I know that you are able in the name of Jesus to do exceeding abundant above all that we ask or think. And Lord God, right now, we're going to take a few minutes because we've got it. We've got a few minutes right now, Lord God, where we can rest in. Oh, my goodness. I don't know if you can sense that or not, but I sense it right now. There's some loads that are coming off of people right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yeah, that's it. Come Come on, just let him take it. Come on to me, all ye that are heavy laden in labor, and I will give you rest, is what the scripture says. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. That's what he tells us. Come on, I believe we can do that. I believe that is a direct, a direct order from the Lord in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. It could be as simple as spending a few minutes a day in your Bible right now. Come on, it could be as simple as you get... You know, and maybe getting up a little earlier and just praying for about five or ten minutes. Come on. I'm telling you right now, there are solutions in this place in the name of Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, help us right now, Lord God. That's right. That's right. Lift these loads off of us, Lord. Some of these loads are self-imposed. But Lord God, there's some of these loads other people have put on us. And Lord God, help us to get rid of that guilt and that shame in the name of Jesus. There you go. There you go. Oh, hallelujah. 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 That's, oh my goodness. Come on, he just hit a nerve. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Oh my goodness. Ah, yes. Hallelujah, Jesus. My goodness, my goodness, Lord. You are so good to us. You are so good to us, Lord. God, in the name of Jesus. That's right, that's right. Come on, let's take another minute now. Come on, one more minute. One more minute in His presence. Come on, in His presence is fullness of joy. At His right hand are pleasures evermore. That's what the Scripture claims. Come on, we can believe that in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, my goodness. My goodness, God. I thank Thank you for this. I thank you for ministry. I thank you, Lord God, for the Word and the Spirit and Lord God, the blood and obedience, Lord God, that will allow the faith of God to come into our lives and move these mountains in the name of Jesus. Right now, Lord God, fill with the Holy Ghost, refill with the Holy Ghost and help us, Lord God, to, to grasp this, to embrace this, Lord God, with both hands in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord God. I give you praise. Now let's give God praise and thanks for what He just did. Come on. He's a good God. He's a good God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. So the refreshing of God, the rest of God, it's a provision. It's what God has given to us. And I'm believing in the name of Jesus that each and every one of you, each and every one of you will recognize specifically in your life right now where that provision is. And I'm just, I'm just believing God that you're going to have the encouragement and you're going to have the strength to grasp it in Jesus' name.
And after you partake of it, it's like the Holy Ghost, folks. Once you get filled with the Holy Ghost, there is nothing else. Nothing else compares to it. I know the world tries to throw stuff at us that are maybe like it or whatever the case is, but there is nothing like what God does. Well, in my opinion, I believe the rest. I believe the provision of the Sabbath. There's nothing like it except from God. And we've got to figure this out because our culture isn't going to go away. We're not living in the Old Testament, folks. We're not tent people out in the wilderness someplace where a lot of things can be controlled in that kind of an environment. All of us, we live different lives. And I'm not, I'm not saying that this is right, wrong, or indifferent. I'm just saying we've got to figure this out for our life right now. This is what God has the wisdom and the understanding to help you with every day if we'll just begin to depend on Him. Like, he, like the children of Israel, they had to depend on those simple provisions of water and food. I believe this is what we can get back to, that God can begin to help us and open up our eyes and help us to receive with meekness His engrafted Word that's able to save our souls. God bless you. I appreciate you coming tonight. I know this was a little bit different, but I knew it would be in Jesus' name. And we might continue on with this some other time, but the Lord bless you in Jesus' name. Um, if, you, if you're planning on going to Rollins, to the meetings down there, of course they started tonight. There's day meetings that are, that are going on tomorrow and then on Friday and then fr uh, Thursday night and Friday night services. And so if you can make it to any or one of those services, I think I believe you would be blessed in Jesus' name. If not, we'll see you back here on Sunday and we'll continue to worship the Lord in spirit and in truth. Can you say amen? amen. God bless you. Thanks for coming tonight.